Yeah, you need that oxygenated snow like they use in astronaut tests. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 202 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast from three different states. Which yeah, we three, need to, hey, guys? We need to divide hey. this up some more. We okay, go for like, Jim. We, okay, we need to establish oh, yeah. a state line between here. Oh, which four were the, corners. Which were the six... Oh, yeah, the good idea. Let's go. Let's let's <laughs> record an episode oh, on four can, corners. Can you, all can different you book that, that for hours at a time? It's just a place you can just go. I, th- I think they charge admission or something. Well, sure, but it's not like outside. <laughs> they, of our, they put our like means. a phone booth directly on the intersection. <laughs> right. It's got like a coin lock on it. <laughs> what were you about to say, Jim? Uh, I was I was asking where the six Californias were. Six Californias. <laughs> this was a an initiative proposed by. Oh, I forget. It was it was a political thing saying we should have six Californians instead of one because... Oh, then we'd have more uh, congressional... Yeah, I think that was the idea. Break it up and into six so states that are actually still unified. The guy was proposing, oh, let's make... Uh, <laughs> let's ma- put all the rich people in one California and all huh. the poorest people in another California. <laughs> it was a pretty... Uh, I don't think anybody Prophetic. would have gone for that. <laughs> well... <laughs> It was. It was so like be, two there years could be ago. One where circumcision was illegal, so those people would get what they want. Oh yeah. Uh, one where all dogs are automatically service animals just by virtue of being dogs. Right. Uh, so they can get the on service trains. of being dogs. Yes. Um, one where you can go if you want to have your circumcision reversed, but with Revoked. discarded yeah. plastic grocery bags instead of buy a service skin. dog. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Oh, and then uh, the fifth one is if you want to be circumcised by a moil who is a service dog. <laughs> there, there's, there has to be one where you can get your cat ultra clawed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember like, uh, the, getting a cat from an animal shelter many, many years ago, and they said, all right, you have three, uh, you have three weeks to get the cat altered. And <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Like, can I get some tentacles put on it to make it look like a, a displacer beast and they said no you get it fixed now get out of here you fucking dork even fixed is still uh, fixed is already a euphemism right you just need to let it out a little bit so that it'll have right yes yeah, so wider it fits shoulders a little bit better. yeah <laughs> uh. anyway how you guys been yeah, yeah pretty, pretty good good sick as a dog in the in the sick dog California state, you sound way better than you did <clears throat> yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm slowly getting better. I I, I might have set myself back a little bit by uh, by hosting Puzzled Pint last night because um, I well was just attended. Like, yeah, it was it was super super intense because uh, the bar was already kind of crowded because there was some NBA Finals game going on, um, and also it it was also sort of double booked with another event in the back of the bar, which was the. Uh, 826 Valencia volunteers party or something. So there were oh. like, you know, D- Dave Eggers and, and his crew were back there. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah, there were like 60 people showed up for puzzled pint last night, um, which is the most that have, have shown up so far on any of the events that I've, did been you running. run out of scissors? Uh, no, I did not. I had exactly the right number of printed out puzzles down to like the, like, like exact, like no spares. And, 
had enough pencils and scissors for everybody and got, I think, almost all of them back. So, that, you know, that was all good. Nice. Yeah. It's just going to keep growing, Kevin. It's going to become unwieldy. Well, we just have to split it into two if that happens. Dude, tell people to go home. Oh, weird. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> that's that's a bunch of cities have started doing that. Portland yeah, is, yeah. has two. Puzzled Pine. Seattle has two. Rich California and Puzzled Pine. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Dog California. <laughs> <laughs> puzzle, puzzle dog, and dog so, moil california yeah part of the puzzle is figuring out whether or not you're circumcised and that determines which of the two puzzled pints you're supposed to go to ah boy it's a real tragedy yeah yeah but congratulations i'm glad that that thing is uh taken off yeah it was that last night was kind of neat too because the the one of the guys who normally runs the pittsburgh puzzled pint and it was originally one of the portland folks that started it uh and also uh, one of the guys that runs the Brooklyn Puzzle Pint were, were both in town, so they came, and so we got, we got a picture with uh, all of us in, together, which cool. might might be the n- most sort of di- different cities that have all been in one place at one time so far. I think I've guys, only Jim? ever seen one city in one place at a time. I was going to see you can be in New York and see New Jersey. Okay. Yeah, Minneapolis, Saint Paul, presumably also part of. Like if you can be in uh, uh, no uh, uh, fuck Kansas City and see Kansas City in Kansas City, right? I've been in Minneapolis and seen St. Paul. You can look across the bay from San Francisco and see several cities. Several cities, yes. There's a lot of cities. If you count Earth as a place, there's a lot of cities in that (laughs) same place. If you can see the entire Earth. Yep. I don't think Riff was d- doubting the existence of more than one city. <laughs> I think he was just saying he'd never seen more than one at a time. He's never been to space. Yeah. Okay. I mean, true. really, you're, if, if you, even if you just jump, you're in space. <laughs> and the fact I mean, that if a short guy jumped, he would also be in space means that a tall guy, your head's in space all the time. That's an excellent point. Well, we all so take have you guys, up space all the time. Have you guys read about this? You're apparently not supposed to wash raw chicken. Which soap chicken? <laughs> I don't know. Like apparently, there were, this was important enough that people wrote an article about it, and like people were issuing health edicts. What happens if you do healthy dicks? <laughs> health edicts. <laughs> I think that I think the opinion about whether you have healthy dicks or not depends on which California you're. Well, it in. depends whether you washed chicken near it. Well, I, so I feel like it never would have occurred to me to wash. Yeah. Yeah. Meat. But what? <laughs> but okay but i'm curious well, don't do it zach so so i'm i'm totally on board with not doing it but i'm curious why it's a bad idea uh it 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 doesn't actually um kill any of the the bacteria that cause salmonella right but it does splatter them all around the room okay all right yeah i mean you also shouldn't like rub raw chicken on things <laughs> right and then <laughs> and then later Lick those things. Right. Okay. Yes. I mean, yes. You don't ever want me to have an orgasm again, I guess. <laughs> I, you're a special case, Zach. Yeah. You've developed okay. an immunity got, to salmonella. Yeah, well, it was it was necessary. Huh. I wonder, I mean, I guess it is a little weird that you don't wash meat. You, wa- you have to wash everything else. Meat, meat has all the filth on it, though, you know? It's not like... It's all filth. Yeah. It's like yeah. that that dump vibe we were talking about before, <laughs> right? Boy, 
That was that was a fun show to edit. <laughs> oh, uh, did you actually excise portions? No, I didn't. I just it was fun because I was just beaming with pride the entire time. I guess <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you wash? Why don't you wash meat? It's. I mean. I think because it splatters germs everywhere that will potentially no, no, no. kill well, us later. You just learned that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hold up something you just learned as a self-evident truth. The, but I mean, you, you know, you're supposed to wash vegetables because they get sprayed with pesticides. I guess yep. meat, the, it, it, if, they, if you got meat in like goat form, like entire goat. Yeah, you, form, you wash the goat before you slaughter it. Yeah, you like shampoo the goat and yeah. then kill it. <laughs> I don't think that's what they do. Oh. That I don't think they do that either, right? Because they just assume that the inside is uh, disease-free, watertight. Sterile. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it probably is. But if you don't shampoo it before you kill it, then the gods will not be appeased. <laughs> you're not like you're not supposed to eat raw chicken or raw pork because those have potentially have parasites that are super bad for you if you if you do not kill them, right? And so that's why you have to cook those thoroughly. And do they just not bother, like, they're a parasite that doesn't bother pigs? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, what, pigs are, what's, trichinosis? Yeah. That's a, re- that's a really awful one. That That is, like, such a bad, like, salmonella can kill you, but, and it's not fun, but, like, trichinosis is, like, little worms that will, like, start burrowing through your muscles and potentially into your brain. Oh, right. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's fun really if you gross. go to heaven. Okay, that's definitely putting a, a good spin on things. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're saying there are rot grubs in heaven? Yeah. But they're fun rot grubs? Yeah, well, but because they probably have like cute LARPing. little faces. Yeah. <laughs> they're just grub LARPing. Yeah, yeah, googly like, eyes. All yeah. dog Californians go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> heaven, California. I still, I don't oh. remember if I've made this joke in public before, but I still want to find, to like, I want to take a picture of a sign that says no dogs and then print out a thing in the same typeface to alter those signs by putting don't go to heaven underneath <laughs> okay. no dogs. Okay. I haven't heard that one. So I think I it's think new. Be funny. Yeah. Sure. I'm probably not actually going to do it. Do you ever fix I don't that think it sign works in as the well bathroom? If you just do it with a Sharpie. Of the creepy misogynistic bar you were talking about? Oh, yeah. It's a cigar lounge, please. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. So all okay. places I wouldn't go. Do you not like uh, cigars or lounging? I mean, uh, lounging is great, actually. So, okay. so but like, like half of what they are. Lounging, like, in a, in a, like, a billowing clouds of cigar smoke is not my idea of a good time. Because your idea of a good time is wrong, sir. Well, I'm sorry about that. What have you been up to, Riff? Um, playing video game. Oh, I tried to learn a board game. Which board game? It's called Magic Realm. It is. Uh, it was published in 1979 by Avalon Hill. Oh dear God! Uh, oh, that was back when you could call something Magic Realm and no one would laugh you out of the room. Yeah. So for for our our younger listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Avalon Hill games, Avalon Hill published board games like Advanced Squad Leader, which was about pushing hundreds of tokens around a uh, hex grid map, and the rules came in a three-ring binder that's two inches thick. Um, And Advanced Squat Bleeder, which was about (laughs) being really good at having hemorrhoids. Yeah. (laughs) 
and um, the, the rules i'm sure were in alphabetical order oh yeah it's it, well it's in numerical order it's like section one subsection b paragraph three order um avalon hill rated advanced squad leader as their complexity 10 game and magic realm was nine okay oh it, gosh it seats from one to 16 players <laughs> oh, you can play it by yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, um, well, it's, it's you plus the lawyer to read all the rules. <laughs> it takes 45 minutes to set up once you're experienced, is wow. how the rule book phrases it. And uh, actually, I've got my iPad here. This is kind of amusing. The, the first edition of the rules that came in the box that I got from eBay... Um, was only 36 pages, which seems okay, but it's super dense and opaquely written, and all the people on Board Game Geek were like, no, 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 don't don't try and learn from that rule set. It's impenetrable. So I downloaded the second edition rule set, which had a lot of clarifications and some optional stuff that the designer hadn't been able to get into the first edition and stuff. That edition of the rules has 83 pages. Wow. But the problem with that edition is that it's organized in, uh, like, a series of encounters. So, like, first you play the easy game that doesn't have combat yet, and then next you play the game that has combat but not magic. And that's the good game for- is called Magic Realms. <laughs> so that's good for learning. I mean, you have to add the realms on the third iteration. Yeah, the third third bit is the realm bit. But so since that's good for learning, but it isn't good as as reference material because the rules are all sort of all over the place. So the third edition of the rules fixes that by just taking the same rules but reorganizing them. That version has 122 pages, and then I also downloaded the other the alternate ver- third edition rule set written in plain English, which interestingly <laughs> has fewer pages. That only has 116 pages. <laughs> And then I downloaded the fan-made tutorial book, uh, which is called The Book of Learning. And that has (laughs) 282 pages in it. The tutorial for this game has 282 pages. So I got as far as punching out the tokens and downloading that, what, 600 pages of rulebook and have not actually tried to play it yet. Why, Riff? Why are you doing this to it, yourself? It, it seemed interesting. I mean, if you th- it's basically Avalon Hill trying to make an Avalon Hill board game of Dungeons and Dragons and putting as much Dungeons and Dragons y stuff in it as they could possibly get to work. And it's, I don't know, it's this mess of <coughs> complexity, but it's got a lot of interesting stuff going on in it. Like, the magic system is really elaborate, and there's different NPC factions that you can trade with or get hirelings from, and just Couldn't all, you just all go manner watch of a crazy Let's play? stuff going on. You know, I've never explored the possibility of board game Let's Plays. I guess you probably could. I bet someone has one for Magic Realm. It seems relatively popular on Board Game Geek. So I would also actually expect that. that to be a much easier way to learn it. Hmm. You don't think somebody just made like a bunch of troll board game geek accounts to elevate the like the <laughs> that's, games that that's possible. Do you think anybody has time? made? Do you think anybody has made like 
troll fake board game geek entries for games that don't exist? Oh. Huh. That's an hmm. excellent question. I think somebody's about to. <laughs> <laughs> the Polybius of board games. Oh uh, yeah. What Games. do you mean a real a real game that's truly cursed? Yep. And if you play Games it, you like die. this that are just impossible to learn are also like it's impossible to trust people's opinions of them. Just because of the I forget what you call this. There's like a logical fallacy, something like commitment bias. Like the, if you once you have actually like con- committed the amount of time right. to actually like, yeah. play like something, dark, like dark could... souls Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dark Souls is actually really good. But, I mean, I like it, like, but but yeah, that's you know. that. I also have played it for like 40 hours. So, I mean, I feel like that is a that is a disorder if you are trying to convince someone who obviously is never going to enjoy it that they <laughs> right. should. Hmm. I. It just, it does make, like, from the outside, looking in at the people who are enjoying this, it makes it very hard to tell, like, is this actually a well-designed thing, or are they just liking it because they've convinced themselves it must have been worth learning? I took all that time doing it. I could not possibly have wasted that much of my life. (laughs) Therefore, logically, this must be good. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I find it hard to acknowledge wasting time if it wasn't like my fault yeah like if i can't blame a failure on myself (laughs) i find it much easier to like not feel like like, it must not have been a failure then right because i didn't do it (laughs) there's a character in fallout new vegas that if you ask her for advice she she'll straight up say time that you enjoyed wasting isn't wasted (laughs) and it kind of felt like that was that was a comment directly from obsidian to all of us (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it seems kind of on the nose, actually. Uh, do you guys want to do some listeners' mails? Yes. Sure. Yeah, why not? See, man, Starwed, this this is amazing. Right. Some guy trained a neural network on Magic the Gathering and had it generate random cards. You can even see the progression as it learned. And links to this forum thread that I will I will uh, send to Jim to put into the show notes. This thing is incredible. Just fed this AI, like, the text and rules of every magic card, and it just generates random magic cards. Okay. Huh. Uh, well, so and what do you mean by as it learned? Like, what was the training data training I don't, against? I don't actually know. Okay. Like, it, it might be, like, the more times that it, like... Because it, it it feels like very like uh, what do you call the like Markov chainy, right. and I wonder if it's just like the more things that it the more structures that it learns from just processing more cards. Oh, so I don't know. I don't know why you couldn't feed it all of the data. I'm sure there yeah. are details in this forum thread about it. I just think that some of these cards are kind of funny and interesting. Uh, there's there's one called Gryrer Knishing. That <laughs> One green and four colorless mana, and it is an instant exile target creature you control. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Uh, there's there's one uh, just called Horror, uh, and it's cost one black, and Horror deals three damage to target creature or player. So the thing well, basically just invented, yeah. invented Lightning Bolt. Yeah. yeah. A black Lightning uh, Bolt. Yeah. I would be interested in seeing something that was that except... A deck builder, where it just fed all yeah, the cards, it, just, it would yep. make a deck, and then 
have a second AI that they'd play them against like a powerful control. Well, you could deck write an AI to just play the game and save everybody everybody a lot of time. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. So it also generated a card called Tenger Desineer, which is a is an artifact that costs one colorless, and it is equipment. Equipped creature has fuse back, which is just a character keyword that it made up. <laughs> so, I guess if I could explain what fuse back is, it would be pretty cool. And then it uh, sounds pretty th- cool. That's a good <laughs> word. <laughs> Slid shocking crow. It costs yeah. one blue mana. It is a four two dragon with trample and mountain spalk. <laughs> yes. Ah. <sighs> Trample? Are these also <laughs> yep. just keywords it made up? Yeah, well, I mean, Trample is pretty clearly a derivation of trample. And right? uh, I imagine Moynton Spalk probably used to be Mountain's Walk. Okay. But, uh, yeah. That is so many awesome fake it, words. It almost that, killed me. Okay, that honestly seems like errors in, like, OCR. <laughs> well, oh, man. Why you gotta ruin it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's this one that he points out is weird, but it is technically a legal card. It's Adiswin Agenter, and it costs one blue and one colorless. It's an enchant creature. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, sacrifice a white zombie creature. (laughs) (laughs) For no effect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's all it does. I guess it doesn't say that that it has to be one that you control. I think sacrifice is one you control by definition. Okay, I don't think there are any white zombies. No, that's also true. But yeah, but huh? Yeah, zombies. The zombies they put in black and blue because they're like the Night of the Living Dead or Frankenstein style of, of yeah, zombies. I see. These are these are amazing. Like the, yeah, someone should organize a tournament with these. I am so excited to read the rest of this thread. <laughs> Man, thank you, Starwood. That was a great. Ah, oh, boy. Uh, let's see. Industrial Punk says, Hey, fellas, I just heard on the podcast that Zach and Kevin will be coming to my hometown, San Diego. And then he says he wants to uh, not stalk us and run into us at a bar, but talks about uh, a board game bar called Tabletop Commons and a hmm. arcade bar called Coinop that okay. uh, we and any other uh, San Diego listeners we should check out. Maybe we could arrange some sort of meetup or something. Yeah. U1F419 says, yeah, in fact, uh, why don't we do that? <coughs> then we will uh, we will announce it on the next episode, and then okay. maybe we will see some listeners. Uh, U1F419 says, hey, Jim, in the discussion of Space Cam, you said you would have preferred a game where the assembly code metaphor produced actual code. Well, their new game, TIS100, is exactly yeah. that. You should check it out. Has anyone been playing that? It looked really interesting. I'm waiting for him to hopefully come out with a Mac version, since he has for all his other games. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching... I- Specifically, I've been seeing like the, the demo scene people who now work at rad game tools and like count cycles for a living. I've been seeing them get into this game pretty heavily and compare scores, which says to me that they like programming enough that they're willing to like do it for 12 hours a day at their day job and then come home and do more of it at home. <laughs> and I don't think I like it that much anymore. Like when I was 20, I probably would have really been into that game. Uh, it, it's it's cool in that um it there was a Gamma Sutra article that uh interviewed uh Zach oh, Zach Barth. Zach Barth, thank you. Um where he was saying that uh programmer games are a pretty niche audience 
have a pretty niche audience, but it's a niche that like gets really obsessed and makes a lot of money and can pay you. So that's a, <laughs> as niches go, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty lucrative, which is cool for him. Um, but it's not the sort of thing that like, I, like, and this is the same thing that I, when I, when I was trying to do, uh, what's the, the mystery hunt thing, the MIT mm. mystery hunt. Uh, I, I was, I went to, to join Kevin's group while he was doing that. And like, I was working on some of these puzzles and I was like, you know, if I wanted to think really hard about, uh, about a puzzle, I could go like, I could go home and work on the games I'm working on. Like got some pretty tough ones on in, in these projects that I'm dealing with. And it just felt like it's, uh, it's one of those things where I, I don't know, maybe I just don't enjoy it enough that I enjoy it per se, that I feel the need to seek out more of it outside of what I'm already doing inherently just by, by virtue of producing things. I mean, and not all mental challenges are the same, right? I mean, there's right. a lot of different flavors. That's of, true. That's of true. That kind of thing. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I did back in the day really enjoy, uh, messing with the low level assembly code. You know, I, I did some 6502 programming and I did some, uh, uh, 386 programming and it's, it's really cool. It's really like, you feel really intimate with the machine. Um, and, uh, you're like solving, Problems almost from first principles, not, not quite as low level as like putting together, uh, electrical components, but right. like tiny, the, 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 the op codes that you get on those instruction sets are very small, uh, very small instructions in terms of how much they do. And so it, it, it feels, it's cool to, to solve a problem using just those. Um, so I, I could see myself getting into it. Like if I wasn't already doing basically programming for a living. Uh, was this guy, so, so I don't remember quite the email, but was he saying that, uh, you're actually producing something with the code you write? Uh, he didn't. TIS 100 or whatever. In TIS 100. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I must've misremembered that. I think like, at least with the, the, that Gamma Sutra article was talking about was the, the notion that you're also learning about sort of the narrative of the whole experience at the same time, which I think is a, yeah. a neat conceit. It sounded conceit interesting. Like there's something weird about <clears throat> the computer that you're unlocking by, oh, by interesting. figuring out these, these programming bug fixes that you're doing on it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and you have to like print out the, the manual that comes with it. It's like 14 pages of, of dense text that they, they wrote, they printed out, they like hand wrote a bunch of notes on it, then scan that back in. <laughs> nice. And that's the, that's the version that you get. Oh, that's cool. I love that kind of thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> I remember Zach talking about this at GEC and him being really excited about it. Cause it's like, it was just a, a project that he was able to just sort of dig into himself as opposed to this, you know, like sort of larger seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no art here. It's all just like, it looks like uh, the PC BIOS font from the eighties and it's just using ASCII art, really simple, uh, line drawing characters and that sort of thing. Cause like, I feel like I should buy it and then play it for five minutes and get what I'm going to get out of it. And <laughs> that have seems about right. Yeah. Like I really, I like those guys. I, I've really liked yeah. Zach's games from the, from the earliest ones that I've been exposed to, like the index codex of alchemical engineering or whatever was. Yeah. They're I just, the first they're one. definitely Kevin games, you know, yeah. <laughs> 
I, they're just they're all really fun i don't know that i'll be any good at this latest one because it seems like it's it's just a step above and even like sort of harder I think it's sideways than... probably from you think well i doubt if this one requires a lot of spatial skills oh, so okay i imagine that it is a very different mode of thinking sure um I have not gone back to Infinifactory since any of the updates, so there's a bunch of new levels that I haven't seen. Yeah, me too. You've been Heck, busy. I didn't finish yeah. the first version. Yeah, I never did make an apartment. Did Infinifactory have a story? Kind of. Yeah. It I mean, it starts some... with a narrative. Like, there's a cutscene at the beginning huh. that explains how you got to be where you are. Yeah, if it has cutscenes, it has story, right? And, and if it a... doesn't, it doesn't. Right, that's how it works. <laughs> It has a lot of audio logs that are like really, really bleak. Yeah, <laughs> they're Some good of them are though. Pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if TIS has audio logs. Hmm. Huh? Yeah, they just they just present them to you in binary though. Right. You have to you have to build the MP3 decoder. <laughs> Justin writes. I started listening to the Star Control 2 episode of Watch Out for Fireballs and was really interested. I watched a few episodes of an LP and I couldn't play this game. I'm colorblind, so the minerals mostly look the same. Do you oh. know if there's a fix for this? Yeah, just get a save editor and give yourself an arbitrary number of <laughs> RUs. Like, well, that's just kind of, in my mind, that's just a fix for that whole portion of the game. Did, hmm. did you have like a similar problems? Getting Zach? resources is... No, I'm only I'm like red green deficient. It's not like there are certain okay. like I couldn't You're really play like puzzle quest very well because of it, but it wasn't like it was impossible to. I, I you know. feel like getting resources is is an inherent part of that game of the of the flow of that game. Do it for a while and then stop is what I'm saying. Like it, it's if you have a map, that games if you general. have a pre existing map of the universe. The game is totally accessible because you know where all the resource-rich worlds are. Right, but that's just a slower way of cheating, right? Like, it, it's... Sure, I guess, yeah. I, like, I agree with you. Well, it also depends on, like, what you're into. But you're but that way you're actually playing the game and all you have is, like, meta-knowledge. Because if you played it once and then went back and played it a second time, you would still potentially have that meta-knowledge, right? Here's the thing. The game that I played, the version of it that I played had a it shipped with the bug where you could sell landers that you didn't have so you started every game with infinite credits anyway because you would just sell a lander when you had zero landers right but that, so huh. that how, is how the game. quickly did you discover that cheating is part of the game i just found out about it somehow right okay on all it was your, this was your ircs and your your deep web chats. yeah maybe maybe it was maybe i found out about it on usenet which, but by which I mean it was like I, somebody was talking about it at the beginning of some porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone has built a colorblind version of the game. It, it is current. It is open source. Right. There are a bunch of ports to different platforms. <coughs> there are some like heavily the uh, it like improved whatever that means versions of the game, and so I don't know of a colorblind version but it's probably worth looking around Here, for one here's a question i don't i i don't understand the the like uh biology of it enough to 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 know if this is a dumb statement but why is there not just a literal colorblind monitor that people can use that just solves this problem right like how would it what, what what are you thinking? What, what do well, you think it would, it would take do? The, it would take the colors. That, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of color blindness. I think 
you could would, tell it which one you have, or it could. I mean, I like think, when you turn it on, it could it could determine what kind you have, and then it adjusts itself. Well, I think itself. that there are there are shaders that compensate for like right, some so games will ship with like eight different colorblindness modes, you know. Sure. And I think that it will ship with as many colorblindness modes <clears> as <throat> there are kinds of colorblindness represented in the men who work at that studio, right? <laughs> like, so it's yeah. I, you know, I say that I don't know that colorblindness only occurs in men. I feel like it just like it's, overwhelmingly it's, I think it's way more, predominantly yeah, way more. occurs in men. But I, I don't know if the idea of a colorblind monitor even makes sense. Well, so the monitor could have like logic in it that knows when two values that are meant to be different colors are being presented. Um. Two, in a two way things that's that are ambiguous, meant, yeah. yeah. In a way that, like, they're, they're like their hue is different, but their saturation or whatever is close enough that they are that they would be sort of ambiguous for a colorblind person. Like, I could imagine that existing, right? And so, just pushing those out of each other's sort of similarity range okay, seems yeah. seems like a thing. Like, a, a basically well, I mean, just having a shader running yeah, at the monitor. Yeah, those shaders like, exist. You could just run that shader on everything <clears throat> that came through the monitor, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. I mean, I don't think that they're perfect, right? Like, it, it's not going to let you... If it's important to gameplay for you to be able to distinguish between eight or ten different colors, and you can only really distinguish between five or six, then huh. there's nothing they can do that's right. going to help uh, that, you with and that. The fundamental problem here is that you're you're getting less information than a normally sighted person gets. Okay. And so if you if you have two colors that are displayed... And those are the two that you can't differentiate between, and it pushes those two into the rest of the color space. Then you're just creating new ambiguities, potentially, but but not necessarily. Well, it depends on the the, the content being shown, right? So, which makes it a, a design problem. Um, and I, yeah, I don't see how that can be really be solved, <coughs> uh, except as a design problem in a case by case basis. Hmm. Did Did you guys hear about uh, the colorblind glasses? No. Yeah. Are the glasses that let you see what the world looks like to a colorblind person? It's the it's actually like they they are attempting to cure colorblindness, oh. and I'm not sure exactly how they work, but they appear to actually like have a. a they, this is the sort of thing that like I would if I heard about this I would say this is like the X-ray glasses at the back of the comic book, you know that you, you send <laughs> away for the the X-ray glasses, and then you get like uh, glasses that show you like a picture of a hand. When you, know. you said when you said cure colorblindness, the first thing I sort of grimly thought was it's their glasses that you put on colorblind people that kills them, right? And then you just eliminate all the colorblind people <laughs> right, from right. the population, right. like thereby cures, yeah, like a eugenics, yeah, 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 right, yeah. like the coffin so, with the spike in it to make sure nobody gets buried alive accidentally, right? Yeah, oh yeah, this is the make sure he's dead nine one one joke. Yeah, uh, riff. Um, you responded in the positive. Do you did you see any details about this? Do you know how these about work? how it worked? I I I mean I read the site and an article about it, but I really don't remember how it how it worked. It it had something to do with like it. I don't remember if it was filtering certain wavelengths or bending certain wavelengths into other wavelength space. Yeah, if it, if I'm remembering right, there um the problem is that you have. You, you have color receptors that that all receive a range of color. Um, and for red, green, colorblind people, the red and the green just overlap too much. Huh. 
Um, and they are there. They, they trigger each other. Like the same wavelength will trigger both. And so it's actually just, if I remember right, these glasses filter out the shared wavelengths. Ah. Um, and, uh, a friend of mine just recently got these and has been very excited about them. I wonder what, I wonder what that makes the world look like if you're filtering out particular wavelengths. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, the human eyes, like, have a pretty weird, like, subset of, of light that they can see because yeah. of the, the, the three color sampling system. Um, and also the, uh, monitors that the RGB uh, color reproduction that we have is not, that does not cover the whole gamut of the colors we, we can, we're capable of seeing. There are right. actually a lot of colors yeah. that monitors just can't reproduce at all. <laughs> My favorite color is one of those, actually. Have you seen the, yeah, the color that can't actually exist? Do you though? just have a, like a, a sheet of it to look at? I, I, there's the a, have you right. heard of, there's like a, a web, ultra cyan. um, yeah, the ultra cyan, it's the, the, on the web, there's like an optical illusion thing that, that allows you to see it. That's called like the something of Mars or something, but it's basically huh. like this red dot on a, on a blue background and staring at the red dot for a while wears out the red receptors in your eyes and that allows the the blue on the monitor to be read more vividly <coughs> by the by the blue receptors in your eyes because because since your red receptors have shut down the blue receptors aren't getting leakage from that and huh. it's just this like super super vivid electric blue green that's really gorgeous wow I'll have to try that. Also, every time Riff sees it, he has to kill a monarch. <laughs> <laughs> just keep him around, just in case. Do you guys play any video games? Uh, I played a bunch of Fallout New Vegas. And I thought you were about to say Fallout 4, and I was like, yeah. how? <laughs> if only. Uh, I, I remain... I, I remain firmly in the extremely small camp that Fallout 3 is better than New Vegas. I'm right there with you. Because, uh, I mean, I will admit that Fallout New Vegas has better writing and better characters, but I, st I think, hands down, Fallout 3 has better exploration. And even though I am, like... So is that just, like, level design? Yeah, like, well, what? just the environments of decayed... Uh, DC are just far more interesting than the environments of the Mojave Desert. And, okay. and also, yeah. um, Fallout New Vegas starts out much, uh, much less free roaming. Like in Fallout 3, right at the beginning, you can go anywhere you want, basically. In New Vegas, you get railroaded into sort of a U-shaped trench that goes down to the bottom of the map and then curves back up towards the strip. And if you leave that trench like any significant distance until you get to the strip you are going to get killed really quickly Which just because of the, the difficulty of the monsters yeah because of the difficulty of the monsters that are, that so are it's outside not, that margin you're not like invisible wall no no in. you're no. just it's you're just, just by, it's just by it, you're just wrangled a lot more aggressively by the design of the encounters yeah the the notion that fallout 4 is going to be like three times larger than the than skyrim is Kind of mind-boggling. That's a that's a lot of map. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder what that means. I yeah, I'm hoping it doesn't mean it, it's just less dense. I mean, 
the it's just a one-to-one representative recreation of the boston area so it actually right. takes you 15 minutes to walk a few blocks i do right. want it to be not dense though i mean you like I, you it know when there's well i thought of, fallout 3 had a really good level of density yeah, yeah absolutely yeah fallout new vegas i just seemed a little there were too many buildings that you couldn't go inside you know there were Okay, that's not true. There were too few buildings for there to be any buildings that you walked up to to find that the door was just painted on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. That's an an interesting notion. But I feel like that my my experience of New Vegas is characterized mostly by like, oh, what's that over there? Oh, it's nothing. Oh, what's that (laughs) over there? Oh, that's nothing. And my experience of Fallout 3 was always like, no matter how much I play it, I continue to find new things just because I never happened to wander in a specific direction before. Yeah. I I think so so the 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 Elder Scrolls series actually got the the area design actually got smaller. I think Arena was the biggest one and then Daggerfall was the next biggest and then Morrowind and then Oblivion. And though I don't know how Skyrim fits into that, but the reason for that is that it got less and less procedurally generated. Up until the point in Oblivion where they were actually just hand making everything, hand making like all the landscapes and the tree placements, even. Um, and the reason they did that was that it's just better content that way. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, even even if you're generating something and then curating it, it's still going to be better if you just hand make the whole thing if you have a designer do it. Uh, and so I'm not. I mean, it's a good selling point for it to be bigger, but that doesn't mean it's actually a better game as a result. I mean, it's made by the people that made Fallout 3 as opposed to yeah. the people who made New Vegas, right? So that yeah. bodes well, I think, for my money. I mean, I- which they will get whether it's good or not, right? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, even yeah, if yeah. it's bad, even if it's the worst Fallout game, I bet okay, I'm not counting like Brotherhood of Steel. The the <laughs> even a bad Fallout game is still a good game. So so are you just playing New Vegas sort of to get in the mood for Yeah, Fallout basically. 4? And just the the Fallout 4 announcement reminded me that I hadn't uh that I that I had not finished New Vegas. And also Did you restart it or did you I restarted it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I haven't finished it either. I I realize <coughs> I never finished New Vegas. Yeah, I I recommend it actually. I I think because I feel like we're also working on an open world Western sort of game. So I feel like maybe there's some lessons in New Vegas that we might be able to learn. I haven't thought of any in particular yet, but. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe another 80 hours will do the trick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's too late. We already finished the game. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good to hear. I'm yeah, looking was, forward to that playing quick. that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jim? You played any video games? I played, uh, You Must Build a Boat. Me too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, it's good. Yeah, that was the only, that was, that was the only game I played. So I'm going to let you talk about it instead. Okay. All right. Um, I, I liked 10 million well enough, not as much as a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Um, and this feels like basically the same game. Like it's bigger, but you're not actually making more decisions or getting more story or, um, doing more interesting things like the, the 
the actual mechanics of the tile matching are better in that I was frustrated by how in 10 million, like certain tile movements would just like not work. Like if you, if you started dragging, uh, left, right, uh, even a little bit, then it would put you in a left, right mode and you couldn't drag up and down, even if that was your intent, for example. Um, and the, the, that mechanics are, are fixed now. And, and also like in some cases, I haven't figured out why you can, about figured out when you can like d- drag tiles around, even when tiles are falling in. Yeah. That's a little weird. I feel like while things are falling in, you can just sort of move stuff freely. Cause it doesn't, isn't checking for matches at that moment or something. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, yeah. Which I, am, you- I just, I just ran it to see, I would have, if you had asked me, I would have said that you must build a boat has two thirds as many rows and columns as 10 million. Because I remember 10 million as being unparsable Hmm. visually. And this does not feel like that at all. But I just looked and I'm pretty sure it's actually the same. It's just that the individual sprites are way bigger somehow. Like maybe the the images on the squares are bigger or... Maybe or, they, or, or maybe they, they're they, smaller and you can see the color better between them. Yeah, like because hmm. I did not like ten million at all. I just I found it consistently like really stressful and unfun to play. It's also possible that you are playing it on a different screen. No, yeah. no, I certainly am because it's been a long time since I played that. But yeah, I've really I've really been feeling like I was accomplishing something. <laughs> well, it's because it tells you you win every time you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you also like you're gathering a bunch of different kinds of resources that you're spending on different things. And so yeah. it's like, you know, like, oh, I can't afford one of these, but maybe I can afford one of these. And like, yes, you usually can, which is yep. just like straight up like compulsion loop 101. But also well, the game is kind of satisfying to play. You know? Sure. Like, yeah, it's well made little little pooping game one thing that i remember from 10 million is that it felt a lot more like i was building something like this part where you it says you have to build a boat or you must build a boat or whatever it is and the boat just gets bigger as you finish quests right you're not actually building it whereas the the reason that you the reason that you know that you're supposed to build a boat is that it keeps telling (laughs) you not because the gameplay supports it right yeah there's ludonarrative dissonance um I mean, you go into a dungeon and you collect the masts and the sails and stuff. So that's kind of like building a boat. Do you? I, I, I see the, I see those getting checked off, but I don't know actually what's causing that. That those are those are items that you have found in the like complicated uh, crates. Okay, the, the yeah. ones that require like six of some random feature and six of some uh, random other thing. Okay. Right, right, right. <clears throat> this crate really likes it when you're well shielded. Yeah, that that. <laughs> Whatever, however that is working narratively to open that. Yeah. Yeah. I find that I do better at this game when I'm not paying attention to what's going on on the top of the screen and I'm just matching everything as fast as I can. If you don't pay attention to traps, I think you get screwed pretty bad. Yeah. Um, In my case, I only get screwed by the trap that freezes you because the other ones, I haven't even noticed what they do. I think they just make it, they make you take more damage and. Right. Or slow down your attacks or something. But yeah, the freezing one is the one that I, in particular that is just really unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you're just doing a lot of matching, you're going to end up dealing with traps. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, yes. Sure. Man, I don't know. I mean, it, like, that's the thing. I feel like I am so bad at this game that not trying makes me perform better. Uh-huh. Maybe. So... 
you know, and it's fun. I kind of wish that <coughs> I kind of wish that if you were matching stuff as the guy is running, and then the the enemy I, like matches. Oh, that, that you it make, queued up attacks. Yeah, yeah, that you could queue it up because so that those matches that you're making just aren't wasted. Yeah, I feel I feel really bad whenever I um, cough into the microphone. Sorry, guys, and also uh, like make a five match like two seconds before it would have really been useful. Yeah, that's annoying. I mean, I think you're supposed to be matching crates and shields and muscles and brains, right? Like, in the in the off moments. Yeah, yeah. You could I just do... stop paying attention, like Zach, and then you feel okay about it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't know if I feel okay about it. I feel about the same. It's <laughs> okay. I, it's less stressful, and I get further. Yeah, that sounds like a win. Where does your Where does your gold come from? Because if you're when you, I, I know where you're like collecting muscles and brains. You get gold from killing enemies and opening chests. You do. Okay. Yeah. You eventually oh, that you get that orb that you can sell the. Yeah, items like the, that are the, in chests. The, that that I understand. Like the that also makes sense. Disco ball that just buys spare yeah. <laughs> sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been playing, or rather, not been playing, but I played at the Maid. I played uh, Doom for the Super Nintendo. Wow. Which is what is that? A version of Doom that I'd never played. Uh huh. Um, and he, apparently it used uh, the effects chip to uh do the texture mapping thing but it it's 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 one of the worst versions of doom okay <laughs> it runs it like in single different frame rates pretty consistently um and it doesn't render any floor or ceiling textures just the walls okay but it's still one of those things where like if i had a, if i if i didn't have a pc and i only had a super nintendo this would still be completely mind blowing. Huh. Did this Doom would... have floor and ceiling textures? Yeah, it did. It did. Oh, okay. Um, and it it does okay actually. It renders the the those polygons as a reasonable color instead of the, as the texture, and it looks okay, especially at that resolution and and like everything's really grainy anyway. That was an in-house port, I think. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think I remember them talking a lot about that in Masters of Doom. Like, they were working on it, like, while all of the interviews that came out of this were. Happening. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that Wolfenstein 3D was as well. Um, Which is just nuts. Get, like, the, the pace at which those guys were working, or making things in the early 90s is ludicrous, especially compared to the pace of modern game development. People, By those people, guys in particular. Well, like, yeah. I, well, people are so much more demanding of like polished products now, right? Like, right, right. You couldn't sell something like that now and expect people to be excited about it. Well, you would, you would, it would sell for like five dollars on Steam sure. or on the App Store. Yeah. Um, which is probably more than the average Doom customer paid. Right. I mean, Doom was shareware. Yeah, probably like the average Doom. Like, I don't know. Was it not a situation where you got the first level for free? And you then got the to- first episode for free. Yeah, but I'm guessing that m- I'm guessing that the overwhelming majority of people who yeah, no, would I, say I played Doom did not get through the first episode. I I well I did, but I never bought the trilogy. I only bought Doom later, much later. I think the ver- first version of Doom that I actually bought and played through the rest of it was for Xbox 360, which is a great port, by the way. 
It's really well done and good, great, uh, great split screen deathmatch and co-op. Hmm. I feel like if I understood why anyone liked <clears throat> Doom, I would understand a lot more about video games. Yeah. You just don't like it at all. It was like just staggeringly boring. Like I just don't I I I to this day do not understand the appeal of it at all. Your adrenaline like, never got up when you like came around a corner and there was a demon staring there and you had to like back away from it while you're shooting at it and hoping that you didn't get hit and there's just nothing to do except kill stuff. Like it's it it it's, it's just so boring. I I like this is interesting. I, That's I remain mystified like, by its its like perceived importance. Did you? What do you think about like Halo? Also, like mystified that anyone gives a shit about it. I I played it for an hour, thought it was like probably the most boring hour I've spent playing a video game on a modern console. Hmm. Fascinating. Half Life was great. Like. Half-Life had other shit to do. Had some had some atmosphere, had some environment. Like, what were you saying, Jim? I'm just fascinated. Um, because I mean, you I clearly be, liked Doom. Yeah, and, yeah, no, like, and for and some, you think it has so, something to say. Well, I don't know about anything to say, but um, it back in the day, especially, um, the experience of being in a world was that was the that was the closest we came to effective VR, right? Playing that on PC was, it was eye-opening in that respect, just very, very um, immersive. Um, and the game itself, it it's super, uh, it's almost a survival horror game in terms of what it's trying to do. It's trying to like set, set this oppressive mood and immerse you in this world and then th- throw a bunch of enemies at you and you, you try to survive in this, uh. That's always, always how I read it. Yeah. Yeah. In this super like harsh and I mean, environment. I think that that kind of thing is fun for the duration of like a game of Galaxian or something, right? Like yeah. when your only verb is kill stuff, that's fine for five minutes. You, you didn't. I find any joy in exploring spaces at all. Like, like that was something that I remember <clears throat> there was being the, intrigued it, about the, the game, the game established so quickly that there was never going to be anything in those spaces except more shit to kill. Did you, what? So then what about Duke Nukem? That I actually liked a lot. So because there was like, because there was other bits, shit, there was other shit to do. There was like a reward in, for inside, getting in the behind place. this door. There might be something to do other than kill something. Hmm. And there usually wasn't, but the fact that there might be made it not boring. Interesting. Yeah. It's why I'm definitely more fond. I have definitely have fonder memories for the Duke Nukem than I do for the Doom. You kind of got but... into it though, right? You guys, you guys made some custom maps and stuff. Yeah, I, I spent a whole summer just making Duke Nukem maps. The most fun I ever had with Doom was when I, I had a friend visiting me, and I got home from work, and he had uh, replaced, he had swapped out all the textures with porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also that was Wolfenstein 3D, not Doom. Sorry, never mind. Whoops. The most fun I ever had playing Doom was playing Wolfenstein 3D. Pornstein.
Wolf porn style. Wolf make and this porn. <laughs> wolf and porn sounds like a hipster uh, five star like restaurant. Wolfenstein or, or like a, D. a <laughs> cop buddy duo. <laughs> oh yeah, Wolfenstein. <laughs> It's about a werewolf and Frankenstein, and they team up to fucking <laughs> fight. They crime. team up to solve crimes. I was gonna say they team up to commit crimes. <laughs> you know, it's a buddy cop show, like cops and they're do, the antagonists. You know. like, Wolfenstein. It's <laughs> good. All right, uh, and so, so Doom for the Super Nintendo, like it, it barely works. It is barely functional, and yet it's still got that. <laughs> It's still got that same compulsion that the original one had in that, like, it's, it's putting you in this space. And honestly, the, the graininess of the rendering, um, that's, that's almost kind of in form, right? Like, that's- yeah, yeah, it, it just, it, it, it makes distant objects, like, obscured in a way that feels naturalistic. Uh, and it, it just makes it even more oppressive. It makes it, like, even, like you're not sure if that thing there is like a monster that you can't quite see, and it, it like it's like it's like being obscured off in the darkness, but it's being obscured by the pixelization. That's almost an ad for the uh, that pixels movie that's coming out this summer. Oh man, I could I could see all the pixels in those. Yeah, <laughs> that that movie can't possibly be good. Nope, but it's no going to be fun. Not. We should still we should still make like a field trip. And see it as a group. Okay. All right. Hey, you gonna get Riff down here? Yeah, Riff. You should come. You should come to San Francisco just to watch a just movie. Just to watch an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, we can. I will. I will bring the weed because I am absolutely certain that we're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> we could set up Skype in the theater and have a oh. conference call. Whoa. <laughs> We totally yeah, could. I'm also almost sure that we'll be the only people in the theater, so nobody, nobody <laughs> would be mad at us for recording a podcast in there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I don't think I want to do a podcast that's just us being mean about things, and that's probably what that would be. Huh? I don't know that we would, like if we could do a mystery science theater style thing. Although I guess they they actually write scripts, so yeah, that, that's, that's not, not the improved. Yeah, it's probably hard to be like super clever and referential uh, in the moment like that or ever at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah anybody played anything else uh i finally got into some hoplite i've been spending a lot of time in bed yeah so it was on my phone and i was like you know i never oh you couldn't play it for a long time because you hadn't updated your ios that and i like yeah and then when i did play it i was like yeah this seems good but i i'm just not really into it and so then i like actually like gave it the like hour that it needed Cause I just, I couldn't really understand, I couldn't internalize the rules at first. And it took me, it took me a good 30 minutes to understand why I was being hit sometimes and why I wasn't. Right. Cause the tutorial tells you everything and is probably accurate, but like, you really have to internalize what it means to, to like, w- when you're walking next to something, are you, are you going to be the one that attacks it or is it going to attack you kind of thing? Right. Um, <clears throat> but once you do that, then, the like strategy just sort of unfolds and you're like, just, you're just in it and it's, it's super compelling. Um, and it's got that great sort of arcane tower style, like risk reward. Yeah. Like once much. you get good enough that you reliably get to the fleece, like, right. How, how it, deep do you want to go? It just becomes this like pressure luck game. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. And then, and then, so I, I, you know, I got to the fleece a couple times and I was like, okay, now I clearly just want to try to get to the fleece without getting any 
without praying ever. And that's sort of, I've, I kind of have butt- been butting heads with that for a couple of days because it is really, really hard. If I remember right, that was the one achievement that I never got. It's it's hard. I get to, I'll, I'll regularly to like the 12th or 13th floor with and be fine. And then things just go haywire because you're just not having any kind of power ups at that level is yeah, really tricky. Super difficult. I, I feel think, like I got hamstrung by the fact that I never really learned how to throw my spear. Yeah, that's uh, like I just never used that verb. That's it. You can get really far in the skill curve without ever learning that. Yeah, yeah. And that that's for me at least. That's a recipe for never learning it at all. Yeah, that's. I have started. I have started using it, but I'm not. I am not sure when I do that that I'm going to be able to get it back before getting killed. And right. like I've had, I've pulled off some amazing saves because of being able to do that, but I didn't really you actually, sure they were going to work. Yeah. I didn't actually plan that out. So like right. I need to get to the point where I know what's going to happen three moves in advance, which I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, and I think, I think in order to do the whole, to, the, to do the like no prayer thing, you have to really understand all of your abilities and use them maximally. Right. Yeah. And then you might actually just have to have a good, like a lucky board layout too oh definitely yeah because i think there might be some that of it. are just impossible to get through without getting hit at least once do you um do you know who <clears throat> made hoplite i don't it was a it, i think it came out of a seven day roguelike um i can look it's uh it's a it's got a studio card magma fortress hmm. uh and then about yeah, it's just it just gives the um the studio name Magma Fortress. And I don't know who that is. Because of the way we're recording the podcast, I'm hearing the UI sounds in these headphones. And oh, I'm wondering neat. if that's I'm not. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if that's uh showing up in the recording. I no, because this this uh this audio is this is what's being recorded. The stuff that we're hearing, right? Because okay. otherwise, they'd be hearing the Skype call. Oh, that the makes sense. Yeah. Podcast. Magma Fortress's website uh, is not very good at telling you anything about Magma Fortress. Yep. Programming is designed by Doug Cowley, who is just at Magma Fortress. So okay, it's okay, just a guy named Doug Cowley. Okay, a guy named Magma, Magma Fortress. Yep. So yeah, besides the assignment, that's all I've uh, that's all I played this week. Well, do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Let's do that. Yes. Darkwing Duck for the NES. Yeah. I did not get to play this game as much as I wanted to, but I think it's really good, and I, it's weird that it's, it's not a more well-known yeah. game. It's basically just another Mega Man game. <laughs> yeah, except with easy boss fights, which yeah. is, I feel wow. like... Wow, kind of you thought the boss ever... fights were easy? They're easier than Mega Man They're proper, for They're easier than Mega sure. Man boss fights, yeah. yeah. Huh. It was I, real liberal yeah. with the health and the one-ups, too. I, I I suspect that one of the reasons this wasn't as popular is that there are a whole lot of Mega Man games. Sure, and you just got overshadowed. It, it's just yeah. like I if if I were into Darkwing Duck, then I might have played this game. Or if I were out of Mega Man games, then I might have <laughs> yeah. played this game. But neither of those are true. I mean, speaking there were there were like two or three of the boss fights that I found like just super. Well, I only beat the first three bosses. So oh, okay, right, okay. I didn't, How many are there? How many levels are there? Seven. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I I didn't get very far. I got midway through the 
the first level before before I ran out of patience because <laughs> I really this has been well established that I have very little patience for a level based platformer but I went and watched like a half hour full playthrough of it on YouTube and it it looks like a game that if I were somebody who was into level based platformers I would really enjoy it because it, it just seems like it does a lot of really interesting things you've got a lot of interesting moves on your character and like i said it's liberal with the health and it 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 seems like all the jumping challenges and the enemies are are interesting and tricky but fair and it just all around seems like yeah. a, a, a really good example of a type of game that's not for me there were like those hidden bonus levels usually uh, that you could find. I don't somewhere. think I saw any of those. Yeah, I didn't look find like. any of those. So it, it, I think in every level there's a place where you can shoot, which shows up. Then a little icon shows up, and if you jump to it, it says, "Sorry to interrupt you, but I need you to do this task." Huh. And it's just like a thirty second timer where you get to shoot stuff that's falling from the sky and collect points, and then they send you back to the beginning of the level. <laughs> so it's like cool great now i get to go back, I have to go back through the level that i just was you know halfway through or whatever that's funny um, but yeah that like but then there, I, there were occasionally like power-ups in places that i just had no idea how to get to uh and there i'm curious is, whether they were just there is a weapon that creates a platform oh yeah yeah it's like the, a, is it the arrow yeah, gas the arrow like thing, it's a yeah. you make a suction cup arrow out of gas and then shoot it at a wall oh if you so up. if you shoot that if you shoot that arrow thing it turns into a platform i think it's it's, i think it's not a full platform but it's a thing you can hang from yeah oh yeah wow okay that that definitely would change i thought the hanging mechanic was really super well done yeah the only complaint i had about it was the was i was constantly trying to hit down and jump to get off oh, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I, yeah. Had my, I had like, problems with that as my, well. My intuition about what to do to get off of that was was never the right thing, and that was. Really I was also I was actually hitting up before I hit jump, and so yeah. Oh yeah. right. Well, the the thing that like broke me of that like that finally drilled into like how do you get off of those things was the, I think it was the level one boss. Yeah. Where like the the all the platforms in that um, in that screen are like platforms that you can hang from and jump up and down. Right. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think that's sort of an intentional teaching moment. I, I think so, too, yeah. Right, like, which, it, I mean, you get random access to those three levels, right? But I imagine that the They one appear that left is, to right. Like, yeah, it's, and the number one is selected by default. And, and it's also so, the easiest one by far. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, this, this feels like a really well-designed, really well-executed Nintendo game that it's weird that I didn't know about this when it was a current and, game. And none of us have any nostalgia for it, right? So we're like, we're all playing it with our modern sensibilities. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're, we're, we're probably giving it a little bit of slack because it's, we know that it's just a Nintendo game in terms I mean, of, I feel like I would yeah. rather well, play more of this game than more Shovel Knight. Oh yeah. Really? Well, I, I, that's not the case for me. Yeah, no, like, I, really I, like I, I would, I feel like Shovel Knight is, is a, a better game than this. There's a lot more going on in Shovel Knight. No, I, there absolutely is, but well, the, I like. I also just I'm feel like thinking it, it 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 fits better with my with what I want out of a game these days in terms of design, in terms of everything really. Um, and also just it, it what I said about Mega Man stands. Like if I wanted to go back and play a Mega Man game, I'd probably play, play one of the one of the first six 
Um, I, I don't think I ever finished any of them. So, has anybody played the Mighty Number no. Nine? Is that a thing that people I don't think it's out yet? yet? I thought I thought I saw something about that. Oh, maybe, but maybe not. I did not back that Kickstarter, so I don't know. I yeah, yeah. Following it, really. I saw um a, a ROM hack, which was it. It took Darkwing Duck and actually made it into a Mega Man game, which I thought was hilarious. Oh wow! Huh. I don't know how hard it tries to do that, but it maybe it just changes the protagonist sprite. So the thing that Mega Man has going for it that this didn't is the wide variety of different guns and stuff that you get that do different things. Whereas this just had those three gas weapons which I never really felt compelled to use. I guess I didn't know about the sort of platform capabilities of the arrow thing. But the other ones didn't really seem all that interesting. Yeah. Except for you know, I used the diagonal shot thing a couple times, but that's about it. I never used any of the special weapons in Mega Man except to kill the bosses that could effectively only get killed by those special weapons because the power-ups were that refueled them were such a precious commodity. Hmm. Right. Uh, there, there were, it's just there sort of were... like if your primary verb set is potions, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> the idea of um, a gun that shoots platforms is, especially back in the day, um, I think that would have been a lot more potent. Yeah. Have you played uh, Volgar the, the Viking yet, Zach? No. That has that. A gun that shoots potions or platforms? <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, I think it's his standard weapon. Actually, sticks in the. Oh, wall. neat! It's like Rastan, but your your weapon is a spear that jams into the wall. Yeah, yeah. I I was I remember playing Zelda two, and uh, there are sections of uh, of d- the dungeon there where you can just destroy bricks, um, and you're effectively creating a level layout by removing bricks from a full uh from a full screen of them um and i remember that feeling very special to me at the time and very powerful and just it it's the sort of thing that like kind of foreshadows minecraft a little bit hmm. where like, yeah i remember spending a lot of time playing around in those areas of those zelda dungeons yeah and come to and think of it, I never liked it. Like there, there was like one place where there was just a set of those bricks, and there weren't more bricks falling from the ceiling. And I always hated those bricks falling from the ceiling because they were like <laughs> interfered with the the dicking around that I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not because they were blocking forward progress, but because I wanted to just fuck around in, in this little sandbox. Bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and come to think of it, Super Mario Brothers kind of had that too, but your range of action wasn't as powerful. It was just, you could just remove a brick from below. But Super Mario Brothers 3, like once you got the, once you got the raccoon tail had a very similar thing, though they didn't really present you with a lot of opportunities to avail yourself of that freedom. Right. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Super Mario Brothers, how about we do Super Mario Brothers as an assignment? Okay. That sounds, that that sounds sounds like a good idea for the Nintendo entertainment system. Uh, on, on the, um, on the forum, someone was suggesting we do, uh, a Sega Master System game, just kind of on principle. Um, yeah, I just do don't have research. any knowledge yeah. about yeah. anything on the Sega Master System. Yeah. 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 I, we should, uh, we should confer about this later and figure something out. Hey, um, I know that like, there is an RPG series that I have no experience with at all. And that's Fantasy Star. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
And I imagine that trying to go back to the early ones in that is going to be like trying to play Final Fantasy one or something and just be awful. Right. No doubt. But, but I, I think, um, I, I remember playing a little bit of, uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World and it's a solid platformer. Um, and I know that there was a, a, a game that I found just reading about it seemed fascinating. There was like a game called Golden X Warrior, uh, that was a spin-off of Golden X, but it was based on the legend. It was like, it was a, a clone of the Legend of Zelda, which is just a really interesting idea to me. And I was yeah. in- interested in checking that out. I don't know if either of these, well, Alex Kidd obviously has a reputation, but I don't know if that's a game that like is considered to be a one that is worth going back to by people who played Master System games back in the day. I wonder if anybody's ever written an article that is like underlooked gems. Well, we don't even oh, need those. Overlo- we just underlook underlooked isn't even a word. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need like the the underdogs. We just we, we, what we actually need is like these are the obvious ten best games because oh, right. we didn't play any of them. Listen, nobody else did either because it was Sega. Right. Well, that that's a a regional thing, right? There are a lot of uh, countries where the Master System was the the uh, one the that everybody system. had. No important countries. <laughs> I agree, but <laughs> we probably have listeners from some of those, and from, so oh, they might important not. listeners. <laughs> listeners, you're all important. Well, you guys, this has been a short but fun episode of Video Games Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. Unless anybody has anything else they just are dying to say to our important, important listeners. Kevin, if one of our important, important listeners wanted to say something to us, how would they do it? Uh, they would go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and fill out our little web form, which uh, lets you send questions or comments to us that we've been really good about reading. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Good job, us. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, uh, I've i got a new setup for reading uh, questions and uh, learning... Uh, how glad I am to have done this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you guys and how much I hope we do it again real soon and how much I hope our listeners will join us when we do and how in the meantime they should keep their toes in the dresser and keep sticking their tongues out at the thermostat. <laughs> Good night. Till next week. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Are you trying to say that teeth are made out of keratin and not bone? Yes, that is precisely what I am trying to say, and I'll have you know, I am a doctor now.